0: We uh, come together out of obedience to your word, prioritizing this gathering of what you call a family under your headship. And Lord, the truth is just living life in this world, our hearts get just out of tune and we gather as the people of faith to align our hearts together with yours And when we don't feel like it, we have each other that can spur one another on towards just the beauty of being in harmony and alignment with your holy word, directing us to your holy will. And so, Father, in the next few moments, may your Holy Spirit speak with power and authority through me, your servant, as I just deliver the mail of your word to a people of faith that are hungry and responsive. May that be us here today, we pray, in your most holy and precious name. And all God's people said, amen. 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 Please be seated. You know, church, so many times we come on a weekend gathering and it can be a little bit more one-way communication for some of us. For some of us, you come, you sit, you hope you have a great experience, but at times we as a team feel it's really important to give you the opportunity to express what God's doing in your heart and to be able to share that. And so that's the reason for the cards. When you came in, you had one of three color uh, cards um, they're at your seats. And I want to explain these to you because I just want to encourage uh, the participation of this church family. Um, the yellow, or the at least the cream, the, the cards represent these three. Um, things from our Ezekiel 47 vision that we've been talking about the last four weeks. We went into greater detail on this three weeks. Uh, one on the temple, and that's the cream colored card. And if you have a cream colored card or want to exchange with another, um, really answer the question, how has God been leading you to really take advantage of you and your body being the temple of the Holy Spirit of God? Maybe the Holy Spirit has just prompted you to really take some steps that maybe you haven't before. Um, Can you just write that down? We have the opportunity for you to put these cards um, they 're kind of by the displays of the temple and the blue represents the river. If God has used the series and somehow to really encourage you, maybe to be a witness where you live, work and play and taking steps, or maybe there 's somebody you are praying for, just that they would receive faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you want somebody to pray with you on that, put that on the blue card and then uh, put that in the display out there, or the green card. The green card is new life. If you want to celebrate the new life that you have received through this series, or just, again, new life that, that you feel that the Holy Spirit of God is just really prompting you in fruitfulness in areas that maybe you haven't seen that fruitfulness before, could you write that on this card? Um, this is, again, a congregational participation time. Don't feel bad if you're writing on these right now as I'm preaching, um, but I would love for us to uh, really encourage one another because we as the staff get these, and it's just like it's so encouraging to hear what God's doing in and through our people here at Grace Spring Bible Church. So that's what those cards are for. I'd love to invite you into that You know, for the next uh, few weeks, we are going uh, to a a journey that really is very countercultural, even in the church of Jesus Christ. And in fact, I've had other pastor friends that say, good luck with what you're trying to do. And I love it. That means the the challenge is great. And I know that Grace Springer is good up for a challenge. Do you get up for a challenge? All right, good. Well, here's the challenge, the first of three statements that we as a leadership team have prayerfully considered from the Ezekiel 47 and what that looks like for we as a church family. We're going to investigate three statements in the next few weeks that we are encouraging as a family of faith here. And the first one is this, every attender a member. Every attender, a member. Grace Spring Bible Church has been a church for 35 years now, and in the 35 years, there has never been a huge emphasis on membership. But the more I dig into God's word, the more it's just like the God's word won't allow me as the lead pastor to be okay with that in fact we're going to in, in, encourage us from God's word just so you know that it's not a pride thing that it's not of let's see how many members we have here no it's 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 just like a coach of a team or at least a, a director of a band you need to know who's on your team so you can guide and direct and that we could all be a part of something together and I think that is something that uh, we're going to be investigating here every attender a member. I want you to turn your Bibles today because there's so many um, texts that could support this, but I want us to turn our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to be looking at verses 11 through 16 today, and they're going to provide the general overview of what we're going to talk about today on why church membership matters. And to really lead us off uh, during this time, I want to invite Steve Dorlag up here to the stage. His wife, Lauren, is just such an integral part of our church staff, but Steve, just getting to know him in deeper ways. It's just been so encouraging to see how you are allowing God to use you in amazing ways. And I know you don't like attention drawn to yourself, but I just want you to at least share with we, the, the local church family, just your journey of uh, faith into the Church of Jesus Christ.
1: Thank you, Brian. Um, as Brian said, my name is Steve Dorlag. Uh, my wife, Lauren, and I have attended here for a number of years, uh, i think it's been about 12 for me and a bit more a bit more for lauren as she attended here in high school as well uh, we've got two young boys uh, jack and charlie um, and we found ourselves for the first handful of years that we attended here um you know getting involved right we would we would take part in certain ministries and we'd serve in the youth uh, but we found membership more to be a prerequisite for voting in congregational meetings more than anything else um, and over the last few years we've really been encouraged and challenged by the concept of you know what does membership really mean and and what's the importance for our family um i'm a firm believer that that god gives us different opportunities to experience through worldly relationships uh spiritual truths right we're given the example of a, a father and a son to represent our relationship with our heavenly father we're given the example of husband and wife to represent what the relationship is between christ and the church and I think we've got our, our nuclear families to understand a bit better what our relationship is within this church family, Amen. right? Um, you know, none of us, if, if we've got a, a leak in the roof or if our, you know, uh, mom or dad calls and says, hey, you know, a tree just got blown down in my yard and, and I need your help. None of us are going to say, well, sorry, I'm too busy, right? We're going we're gonna to pitch in and we're going we're gonna to fill that need because that's our family, um in the same way i feel like we're as you know members of this church we're committing to each other that we're here to learn we're here to worship together but also we're here to put in the effort and put in the time to ensure the success of these ministries and if there's an area that the church needs um you know service in a way that that we're able to serve and and gifted by god i feel like that's um something we should feel um you know similarly called to as we do within our nuclear family so.
0: Steve, thank you so much. Hey, church family, could we rise for the reading of God's word in Ephesians 4, 11 through 16?
1: And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and, shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Thank you, Steve. You know, when you talk about the subject of church, it's not very popular today, if you haven't noticed that. In fact, uh, you know, especially for you teens, I'm sure you go to school and you have kids and friends that look at you like you actually go to church. And it is just not a popular thing anymore, is it? In fact, when I was young, it's just like, I I grew up in California, you know, it wasn't popular to go to church in California. However, there was still a respect at that time for those who went to church, for those who were... Um, spiritual leaders and, and, and guides. In fact, I looked at a poll, a Gallup poll. In 1975, it said that almost 70% of our society had a positive outlook on organized faith, on being a part of something that is organized, structured, that really helps you in your faith. Again, that was almost 70% in 1975. Do you know what that percentage is in 2021? or 2023, did I say 2021? The the study I uh, was reading said 2021, uh, 36%. So it went from almost 70% to about 36% in that period of time. And in fact, I was reading a CBS poll last week, and this is very fascinating, and I'm not going to get political or anything that way, but what was so fascinating is it said for those who did the survey, 72% of those who did the survey said that Donald Trump could be trusted, and of the same, it said only 42% of anyone who is in religious uh, leadership, spiritual leadership could be trusted. I mean I mean that's really something that is going on societally and culturally. And so, you know, as a pastor in the Church of Jesus Christ, there used to be a day where people even out in the community looked with a manner of respect where that day is not today. And so for people to get behind this idea of not only uh, attending a church but more importantly Belonging, participating, just saying, man, this is my family. Um, that is a countercultural thing in church world today. But we should never be scared. If God's word says we need to be all about it, um, let's make the case for why that is. Um, again, reasons, uh, three particular reasons why people don't really want to get on board uh, church today, and that is because we live in a very me-centered day, very me-centered day, which is consumer culture brings itself into the church. It's just like, you know, I'm going to go to this church for a while because I like what it gives to me, and then after about a year or two, I get a little bit tired, and now it's time to look for something else. And, and again, that is really what a lot of the Christian culture has made church to be, a place that you have goods and services that are to benefit me, and you do that for a time, okay? Um, so that is one of the challenges. Um, secondly is there's this word that we don't like. It's a word, sacrifice and for me to sacrifice and give of my time, talent, and treasure for people I don't know. I I, I just don't wanna do that. How is it going to benefit me? Now, I know for those of us who serve, we go, man, it's a huge benefit. Man, as we are giving our time and our talents to, to those that we're pouring into, there's huge blessing when you see that reciprocated and the time and the conversations. However, um, again, we don't know as a culture what it really means to sacrifice, but we're going to be talking about that. So there's an unwillingness to sacrifice, and I think tragically in the church, there can be a little bit more emphasis on optics, whether, you know, okay, Brian's making an appeal, so I better do something, otherwise people are going to... Uh, look down on me for not stepping up. Well, if that is your motivation, then that is because of optics, and optics have uh, a time frame to them. You know, say, so "I'll commit until the weather's nice. I'll commit until you know any other better choice comes along." And so again, because we're unwilling to sacrifice for somebody else and we live in a me-centered society, this whole idea of actually being a member and an active participant in the church uh, is just not a high priority. Um, But then the, the biggest one I think in today's day is because of relational hurt experienced in churches. Um, and that's just going to happen it's just a fact and that's a, a, as a one as a pastor who just loves the church loves my calling gives my life to the bride of Christ um There's nothing that pains me more than when people within the church have a bad experience because of maybe the perception of politics or the perception of just something, there must be something more to that story and all that kind of stuff. The hard part is this, that God in his creation, he designed an illustration for us in his creation that the Bible refers to you and I often in the animal kingdom as what? sheep okay now growing up and this is going to age me but growing up how many of you ever saw Mutual of Omaha wild animal kingdom growing up do you okay in any of those episodes that you saw or I saw did any of you see ever see a sheep going and tearing after another animal taking that animal down and gnawing on them for its sustenance did you ever see that No, you never saw that. Sheep have no fangs. Sheep are really dumb. Sheep need a shepherd. They're prone to do really dumb things. And the audacity of God's word says that you and I are like sheep in need of a shepherd. And I love that God does that. So because of that, we live on a broken planet. None of us is perfect. This church, no perfect people are allowed here. We're all imperfect. But because of that, we have the propensity within us to hurt other people. Sometimes intentionally, but most of the times unintentionally. And that just happens. And this is why people choose not to be a part of a church because it's like, I don't want to be a part of a people that's really going to hurt me. But we have said that this is a spiritual gymnasium where when offenses happen, we have the biblical imperative to how to address that and work out our spiritual muscles so that the grace given to us, we can extend to other people and allow people to make mistakes. But we um, are going to, whenever you get people around, in fact, there was an old adage in the pastorate that says this, ministry would be fantastic if it wasn't for the people. But we love the people, And the people are prone to be selfish at times, be opinionated at times, be hurtful at times, be very persistent on it's got to be this way or else at times. But that's okay because we are the church. And God sent Jesus Christ to give his life for the birth of Ecclesia. He didn't give his life for a building He didn't give his life for a pastoral team. He gave his life for all of us so that we could function in the way that you see this function because God's word says in Galatians 2.20, says this that we all need reminded of. I mean, this is very fundamental when it comes to walking the walk of faith. Galatians 2.20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but who? Christ in me. It says, the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So what is a characteristic of this family of faith for those who have taken a step of faith into the waters, the redeeming waters of life? Jesus Christ is the one who on Calvary, this is where the stream flows. We dive into those waters and as such, we get swept away in God's love and that it's and being swept away in God's love it just it takes us to dry places and God deposits us in those places those dry places those dead places for a purpose and that is to give life where life didn't exist before isn't that good so Because of that, let's look at our text, because belonging to Jesus, and make no mistake, that is who we are in Christ. It says, we have been crucified, and it is no longer I who live. I mean, so that selfishness, we have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit of God, and we've got to die to some things, so that we can belong to something so much bigger than every. that the world says this is worth giving your whole life for. So let's look at this. The first is this, and again, this is general observation from this particular text, and that is belonging to Jesus places us into a new family. A new family. What does that mean? A new family. See, when you study scripture and you go back to chapter one, there is adoption terminology. See, because of Genesis chapter 3, and i tell you, I'm excited about 2024, we are going to go through and do a deep dive of the book of Genesis together because we are going to see how Genesis is able to equip us to withstand so many of the challenges going on in our society and culture today and to have our faith anchored in something that is solid and it's not going to cause us to be thrown to and fro, like this text says, like children Um, Just toss back and forth, but we will be anchored to something very sturdy. I think it's going to be an incredible journey for us. But in Genesis chapter 3, because of sin entering into the world, it says you and I were born really enemies of God. Why? Because we are born separate from God. Our sin nature separates us from a holy God. This is why Jesus Christ's atoning blood is the only payment to cause us to live as we were designed by our creator to live. And as such, this is why adoption terminology is used. Now, for those who've been here before, you've heard a little bit about my story. But at two months old, I was, I, I was put into a foster home who eventually adopted me? I went through a name change. For six years, I lived as the youngest of five in this family, but then at the age of six, some legal. Um, steps were taken and my parents adopted me back so then I went through a name change again and so I know what adoption is. Adoption is leaving one household to another household. One set of family rules to another set of family rules. One inheritance to another kind of inheritance and by the grace of God I'm alive to tell it of the redeeming grace of God through going through something that traumatic at the age of six. But praise God that God enabled me to live through just this whole idea of adoption. So it's a new family. So what that means is I was born a Tema, but when I became a follower of Christ, my bloodline became far richer than just Tima bloodline. It now involves your bloodlines as well. And that we must see ourselves as family. I mean, that's what it all looks like. You know, family, how did family even start? Like, how did the Tima, my family, start? In fact, I fell in love with this woman many, many, many years ago. Next Saturday, this coming Saturday, my wife and I celebrate 34 years of marriage. And that's awesome. But I knew her five years before that in high school when we started dating. I mean, it was good. Um, but here, 30, close to 34 years ago, we went and got married in the church before a pastor under, in the sight of God. And at that time, we entered into a covenant. We did not enter into a contract. Contracts are very big in our society. But this family was rooted in covenant, meaning this. Contracts work this way. I will get this in return as long as you get this first. That's how contracts work. So if you don't pay your bill, then you're not going to get the electricity. You're not going to get the benefit. Covenants are very different though covenants are going into a marriage and say, even though I may not get your best from time to time, Tammy, I am going to give you my best. Okay. And vice versa. And so family is a very high calling. That is that of a covenant that we are part of a new family as a new people, a people redeemed, a people that are brought into this family through the sacrifice the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So he gave his life so that we will experience and become a new people, a growing people. It says that we all have a responsibility to grow. So there's a lot of God's part. He did his work. Now we get to cooperate with him and do our work as a new people. And as our Ephesians, our text started with this morning, It says he gave apostles those who are planting churches prophets those who are declaring the word evangelists those who are innovatively going to get the gospel of jesus christ out there the shepherds those who are coming alongside those and caring for and guarding and feeding and and leading uh the sheep and teachers those who are teaching the word of god And it's equipping to the saints. You are saints by nature. Those who are redeemed through Jesus Christ, your name in the Bible given is that of a saint. And so the goal are those who are using their gifts to edify the body, to grow us up to maturity. Not like children that are tossed around but for us to grow up. And for that to happen, there's got to be active participation. That there's got to be the opportunity for this next part, because you, you need to know that these gifts listed here are not exhaustive gifts. You've got gifts mentioned in Romans 12, gifts mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12, gifts mentioned in 1 Peter 4. It's not that there's an exhaustive list, it's that the Holy Spirit gives grace gifts to a redeemed people to help grow and bring maturity into the family of faith so that no matter circumstance we come up against, we have the encouragement of one another. And people are looking for that. In fact, why the world has so dissed the church is because they look at those in the church and they go, they're not any different than us. They got the same passions as us. They spend their money the same way we do. They spend their time the same way we do. They just kind of go to church every so often. And that's like the only differing part. But we don't see that transformative power. See, this is why we have to be reminded we're a new family, as a new people with a new gifting. And this is the controversial part today. Ready? Under a new authority. And what the authority I'm talking about isn't just Jesus as the head, as our text points out. It says we're all part of one body. We have been grafted into one body. Now, one body has a variety of different parts. As I look out here, there's a variety of different parts. Some people are the hands, some are the feet, and some are the armpits. If you're an armpit, raise your hand. Oh, yeah, see, we got plenty of armpits. Need a few less armpits into more elbows and ankles and knees and all that kind of stuff. But we are all one body. You don't amputate an arm and have it hanging and go, wow, that that would be not functioning in the way it was designed to function. And this is the beauty of the church. But the other new authority I'm talking about, and this is the hard part today, is being under authority of spiritual leadership. That's what society says. Don't you be doing that. Don't you be doing that. I mean, nobody has the right to speak into your spiritual life. Your spiritual life is a private matter between you and God. But according to God's word, it says, uh uh-uh. uh, no, it's not. No. Our spiritual lives are necessarily interconnected and we are to spur one another up in the Lord to remind us that we all get out of tune from time to time because of the uh, places in which we live, the students at school, you at work, a variety of different people have different kinds of things that kind of stretch our strings a little bit, get us a little bit out of tune. But being under a new authority, um, I'm reminded throughout the scripture that it says the Apostle Paul, when he was planting churches, do this in your own study. But like in Titus 1 and other places in Acts, the Apostle Paul says, put elders as overseers. Why? So that they could address the flock. That we are to submit to spiritual authority. And part of membership is participating in the very same way a coach would say, okay, team, you're my team. I know who my team is. Okay, you're the quarterback. You're the receiver. You're this. Okay, you are a little fit more for defense because you can hit hard. So you're going to be here, and the leadership has the opportunity to place everybody because we know who's on the team. But when you're just attending and you haven't said, hey, we're willing to be active participants, um The Word of God challenges you on this as your pastor. I want to implore you, hear from me, be a part now. I know we have amazing attenders here who have definitely been stepping up in a variety of ways, but I'm just saying in membership, what would keep you from if Our church leadership is saying we wanna go after this idea of every attender a member, every member a disciple, every disciple on mission. That's what God's word is calling us to. And I think in times like we live today, we need to get back to celebrate what Christ, our King, does not follow after the opinion of man in fact in genesis in my study this weekend in genesis i am blown away at how many intellectually super smart scientists believe in evolution it just blows me away because the amount of faith that it takes to think that all of this the beauty and the sophistication of the human body working exactly all that and the universe and the enormity of everything That the faith taken for evolution, I go, man, I don't even have faith compared to that. But why are so many scientists going that direction? Because it's popular. Man, they'll look down by their own coworkers if you, oh, surely you can't believe in that. It's the peer pressure, and people follow after the peer pressure. But folks, we have the opportunity to come under the authority of Christ. And I can testify there is so much freedom when I align my heart with the word of God. Young people, man, the more you just buy in now and really eat this up and take it to heart, you will save yourself a whole lot of heartburn. Trust me. Um, And so with that... um, what is keeping you from wanting to be under authority that can speak into your life? And if things are out of alignment by membership, you are just saying, hey, I willingly allow those that I'm submitting myself under to be able to speak into my life with grace and truth. Lastly, we're on a new mission. We're on a new mission. This Ezekiel 47 mission, as we become part of the river of living water. It's not we are that, it's Christ is that, and we being in Christ, we become part of that. And as I've been sharing through this series so far, as we have the river that we're we're drinking from and drinking deeper of who God is, that river is flowing out in amazing ways. And so, if you, I just encourage you, pray about membership. We're gonna have membership class um, offered here in uh, uh, in November, and so look for that. We're going to have a first step class for those who want to find out more about Grace Spring, which is about a thousand foot view of Grace Spring. But then the following week, we're going to during second service and through lunch, going to have a time of a membership class where we say, "Man, this is what we're about. This is what we want you to believe in because this is what God's Word calls us to, and we need to know who's on board." Um. So, don't think that we will think less of you if you don't go into membership. But my question is if you don't believe you could be a member here, then allow me to help you find a church that you can be a member at because God's word just says, man, be a part of something, participate, own it. These three words you were going to hear and these were reflected in our text today. At Grace Spring Bible Church, our desire is that we all belong in real relationship. You know, we brought Eric Kuhn on board to really help get people into relationship. Ginger Tiffany and the 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 connections team do just such a wonderful job of really getting people involved. But then as Pastor Kenneth will talk next week, our goal is also that we belong so that we will grow. To be more like Christ. That's why we are in relationship. To spur one another on. To be like Christ. And then collectively as we are growing. Part of that growing is reaching people. With the good news of Jesus Christ. Where we live, work, and play. That's what we're about as a church. If you can't get excited about it, That's okay. Maybe you just need to keep sticking around to hear more. So that you will just say yes. I want to give my life to that. But Folks. Um, let me remind us that Galatians 6.10 says this about reaching. Let us do good to everyone and especially to those of the household of faith. If I can just share a little bit of my heart just in closing right now. Um, as you notice, this fall has been a little bit different at Grace Spring Bible Church. It's the very first time we had not had enough volunteers to really step up and offer kids ministry during both hours. Amen. I tell you... I, Uh, We can only do so much to encourage. We are at the mercy of our people to step up. And uh, the good news is two weeks ago, we were about 50 volunteers away from being able to offer a second hour. And now we're 11 people away from being able to offer a second hour. Um, But we're 11 people away. And what I appreciate about Sarah and the team is that they are not going to provide anything that's not excellent and not safe. We don't just throw people in and just say, okay, good, we got the people, let's just throw you in. We're not gonna do that here at Grace Spring Bible Church. Not gonna do that. I asked Sarah, hey, if you get enough help from these services today, when would you be able to start? And she probably said the first week of uh, November. But we need people to rise up. Why? Because I've gotten emails And we've seen people come second hour and then leave. But I'll tell you, an email I got from a gentleman last Sunday broke my heart because he has been watching online. And he, through very tragic circumstances, are taking care of two kids. Um, And these two kids... um, they just said, We just need Jesus. We just need Jesus. I've been watching online. My work doesn't permit me the opportunity to worship on a Sunday morning, but we finally got the chance last Sunday. And I came to second service, and there was no kids' ministry. And he was upset, and rightly so. And we had people come alongside, and there was nothing more tragic than walking them back to the parking lot because he says I'm not in a position to be able to sit with the, the kids. They need something for kids and I so desperately needed Jesus today. Man, I cried. And Sarah says we can only do what we can do with who steps up. So can you hear from the heart of a pastor and a leadership team We don't want those stories to keep happening, but they've been happening, and it's time for the church to be the church. You know, if you, we have uh, the need for at least 10 people to rock babies or be in their early childhood, Um, if you could do that, you could rock babies, you can be a part of that, then could you please uh, contact Sarah um, this week? Um, There is, uh, I think, a couple needed in preteen ministry, one kindergarten teacher needed for every other week kind of commitment because we want our kids to know their teachers. Um, So those are the needs. I'm just sharing that to you. And, And please, I hope you're hearing the heart of a broken shepherd who just desires the most for us to be able to step into that realm and be a blessing And to even enter into that realm of sacrifice, why we do that for the family of faith. We just do that for the family of faith. And so I'm gonna invite the worship team out right now, Um, but I would encourage you just wrestle between you and God. I think our young people are doing such a phenomenal job of really stepping up that I think a lot of adults can learn from their example of stepping up. Um, but I think we have so many that love to call Grace Spring. Well, this is the place I attend. My challenge for you is will this be a place that you stop attending, start being a member, start giving sacrificially, start considering this a family because we all share the bloodline of Jesus Christ. And I need to know that God has called me to sacrifice for you and God has called you to sacrifice for your neighbor so that we collectively can be a part of what God is doing. Amen. Amen. Let me pray over us as we respond. Lord God, this is a very important message in a very important time in human history, a very important time in the life of the church of Jesus Christ. Lord, we are part of uh, your global church. You have said the gates of hell will never prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. So, Father, we... We out of obedience now step up into your word saying that we are all members of one body. You are the head. And as a body, we get to function organically with one another for a mission that is bigger than ourselves. And so, Father, do your work in our hearts. Lord, I pray that there won't be the movement based on optics. But there, there will be a commitment that to step up and serve is not serving Sarah but it's serving Jesus Christ. And Lord, I, I, I pray that you hear our hearts of forgiveness when we say yes, we make commitments until the weather gets good or until another better opportunity arises. Lord, please, may we be a people who see our service as serving you for the glory of your name and your renown. May that be true of us here at Grace Spring Bible Church. Do your work in and through your people, I pray, in your most holy and precious name, in the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.